Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, racing and stuff you don't want to lose. Be a kid again, really. We're just grown-ass men and women playing with toy cars. From start to finish, after I bought the kit, the engine, the tires, the starter box, the remote, the receivers, that's $2,200. They have one, and people have taken it, uh... And I've seen like GPS speeds of over 200 miles an hour. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is one of the most recognizable faces of a sport that has exploded in popularity over the last couple of years. What I find so interesting is that it's something that I think a lot of us did as kids, but when you do it on a professional level, it gets intense. This is RC racer Austin Joker Snyder. So when we look at these kind of cars, right, are they the kind of cars that like everybody played with as a kid, or are these completely different kind of cars that we're talking about oh no the these are leaps and bounds different for instance this one this one's a pan car uh, it doesn't have any electronics or motor or anything in it right now but i mean it's metal chassis all carbon fiber parts uh spec tires change gearing um with the cars that we race if you break something you have a whole box of spare parts you take it take it apart put it back together fix it and uh and get back on the track and, and keep racing like it's nothing. Whereas you break your Walmart car, you throw it to trash, you go buy another one. I think the biggest thing that would jump out to people is like cost difference, right? I'm used to kind of RC cars oh, yeah. like, okay, 30 to 50. You got something that's at least going to work. These kind of cars are going to cost you what? Uh, so my cheapest car, and, and it's what I push a lot of people towards um, when they want to get into racing because – I do a lot more off-road stuff than anything else, um, but I also do oval and on-road racing. And uh, a lot of times people will show up be like, hey, you know, I, this this is really cool. I want to get into this. And then I point out my nitro buggy and I'm like, yeah, that's that's $2,200. Like from start to finish, after I bought the kit, the engine, the tires, the starter box, the remote, the receivers, fuel, servos, all this stuff. It's like you're probably looking at about at least two grand. My e-buggy's probably fifteen hundred, um, and so it it pushes a lot of people away because they're like, oh well, I can't afford that. But you know, that's that's me. That's what I spend on my stuff because I I do spend the extra money to get the really good uh, remotes, the really good electronics, and all that stuff. Uh, and I do have sponsorships that help me, but a lot of this I pay out of my own pocket. Uh, 
but with the oval classes we have one class our cheapest one is about 250 dollars to buy the car and you buy it and you have the exact same thing that me who's been racing for 22 years has the exact same thing as you know our local pro drivers it's a spec class you buy this car you take it out of the box you put it on the track and everybody's running the exact same thing what what would you say is kind of the appeal of it do most people kind of get into it as kids and then just stick with it or did people come to it later in life we we've seen a little bit of both uh i started i started when i was about five or six years old um i started the same time my dad started uh we were actually in a local park and saw this weird like just bunch of dirt and stuff and uh we didn't know what it was at the time, and then uh, we had shown up and saw that they were racing, started asking questions, and we got into it, and that was, you know, 22 years ago. Um, so I got into it as a kid and stuck with it. My dad got into it and uh, stayed doing it for the, for this whole time. We actually both, uh, we both run a track now in South Carolina. What do you like about it? The competition, the community. I mean, it's... uh. One of the first questions we always get is, oh, do you make any money off of it? And no, I don't. Um, you can go to races where you might win some money, but realistically, if I go to a race and I win $500, that doesn't pay off a tenth of what I have in RC stuff. Uh, it's just, you know, it's something to, to get out of the house on a weekend, go somewhere and, uh, you know, just be a kid again, really. Uh, you're not, you're not focusing on your work. You're not focusing on work. You're not focusing on, you know, what you have to do Monday morning or all the chores that you have. The only thing you're focusing on is sitting here, and, you know, being a kid playing with. We we say a lot uh, when people ask ask stuff about it because uh, there are people that take it really seriously, but most of us we take it as we're just grown ass men and women playing with toy cars. Like everything, I think that once you get into it, there's a massive variety of everything and all kinds of oh, different yeah. classes. But what would you say are like, okay, these are the main kinds of RC racing. These are the main categories, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, every every category falls under a main category. Um, but the, the easiest way is you've got on-road, oval, drag racing, off-road and then you have crawlers uh i'm probably mit there's probably going to be somebody that listens to uh listens to this it's like well he didn't mention my he didn't mention my kind of racing i'm probably forgetting one but you probably have five major major ones is so. is there one that's like that dominates of those five ones like all right but this is the big one right like i think of olympic sports there's a lot of olympic sports but in the summer, it's like it's track and field. Not really. It's just everyone has one that dominates for themselves. Like for me, it's off-road racing. Um, I competitively race one-eight scale off-road, uh, and I I do other racing. Like I said, I also do dirt oval. Um, I do carpet oval, and I do carpet on-road. How popular is this? It, it's a lot more popular than people think. Um, like I mean, it, it's a it is a worldwide hobby. Um, we have like we we have world champions. We have governing bodies that govern rules and 
ethics involving involving racing just like just like f1 does just like nascar um, motocross whatever whatever you're into um, the biggest thing that holds us back and why we don't have this big worldwide following is uh nothing's televised and it it is but you have to know where to find it and to know where to find it you have to know what rc racing is does it work like any other kind of racing like fastest car um at times so we do that a lot of times in uh with oval racing where we'll say hey it's a 35 lap race but with how we work with this with uh the constant equipment failures and everything else if you went by laps your leader might get 35 laps and the next guy might get 32 because he's been lapped three times uh, so we do it with oval racing um, a good amount but the main way we do it is based off time so say for we're qualifying hey you have five minutes your five minute clock starts when you cross the line so like if i'm the fifth one to go my five minute clock doesn't start until i cross the line so we always say hey you're racing the clock you're not racing each other when you're in qualifying because just because i pass somebody on the track doesn't mean i'm ahead of them in uh in the positions it's all about what pace you're setting the best example is like if i finished at a uh we would call it a 10506 so if i finished at 10 laps in five minutes and six seconds uh, and you finished at a 10508 which would be 10 laps in 508 in five minutes and eight seconds then uh i would be ahead of you by two seconds on a five minute run the the heads up racing doesn't come along until uh the main events the winner is it the driver or is it because they have the better car I've I've seen people take substandard equipment that have bearings locked up, engine that barely runs, and beat the field by two laps. I've been beat by people with substandard equipment. I mean, it's it's all about the driver, their knowledge um, of setup. Because I mean, and I I wish I had an off-road car with me that I could show you. Uh, you know, we have four full aluminum shocks. Uh, we can change spring rates, oils. Uh, pistons inside the shops, diff oils. Uh, there's anything you can change on an actual race car, you can change on an RC car a lot easier. Uh, so having the knowledge of, hey, this is how my car is driving. It's doing this. I don't like that. So we're gonna do. I'm gonna make this change. It's gonna fix that oversteered issue. Little things like that. Having that knowledge of setup and then also the consistency in your driving is what's going to help you win it doesn't matter uh it doesn't matter if you you spent five hundred dollars on a car or fifteen hundred dollars on a car like where would you rank yourself put all humbleness aside right in terms of like drivers are you at the top getting to the top middle just a guy having fun like where would you say that you are i'm a guy having fun um, but it all depends on how my race day is going i mean i've gone to the biggest race in the world and made the a main uh which is the head main in uh in my electric truck class which is the best one of the best classes that i run and then finished seventh or eighth overall uh and then i went to the same race the next year out of and i think we had like 60 something trucks and i finished seventh or eighth so and then i went back the next year and i didn't get out of the b main so it all depends on you know 
who else I'm competing with, but for the most part, I'm a local mid-pack pro, and that's about that's about the the best I can expect. I'm about as fast now as I'm ever going to be. How come? I guess why can't you get faster? Do you feel like you know that's just about the level of my ability, or this is the yeah. time that I've got to put into it, or? It, a lot of it is time that I've got to put into it. Uh, the guys that you see be the fastest in the world, they're, they're kids that have been, you know, like me, racing since six years old, but had the ability and, like, parents had fought the finances and sponsorships and everything to get them all of the best equipment and everything. And um, I didn't necessarily have that. So I had that when it came to life. I did not have that when it came to RC racing because RC was not the priority it was not where we needed to you know where my family wanted to put all all of its money so even though i've been racing for a long time the guys that are at the top have had access to the best equipment and access to pro level drivers their entire career uh, whereas you know i was I started racing 22 years ago there was a seven-year break in the middle came back to it, everything was different, had to relearn it. Um, and, you know, now being an adult, I work a full-time job. RC racing, it's my, it's my hobby. It's not my job. So I still work a full-time job. It's just I don't have all the time and effort and everything to, to put into it. I could get a little bit faster, but realistically, I've, I've accepted that, uh, barring any other circumstances, I'm as fast now as I'm ever going to be, and I'm content with, just going out and, and having fun. I mean, you sound like you're pretty damn good at it, to be honest. Like, as somebody from the outside, like, I mean, I've seen some, I looked at your Instagram, like, you got, you've won some races. I feel like you're selling yourself short, man. <laughs> I, I've won some, but, I mean, like I said, that's that's where I'm at as a local mid-pack pro. How, like, so somebody that does it, like, professional full-time for a living, are they making a lot of money or are they just kind of like no i can do this for a living i've seen some of the houses they're they're making a good amount how is there that much money in this um you gotta think i'm one person and i probably have 20 grand worth of RC stuff and that's just in my possession how much i've spent on it is probably more because you know we buy and sell cars constantly but, you know, uh, between sponsorships and um, all this this other stuff, you've got, like with one company, they sell their cars all over the world. So you could have 200,000 people buying your $700 kit, and that's not counting them buying parts, them buying tools and all the other stuff that they need. So you're, you're looking at them making couple million a year on the companies and then they're passing that down to their top drivers yeah that makes sense right i guess the thing that i would kind of compare it to is like we interviewed a while ago a professional disc golf player and he was getting i think it might have been four million a year it was in the millions and that's for a sport that's also not on tv that sounds like a much cheaper sport so there you can see where like, it, oh, wow, that can add up. It sounds like a cheaper sport, but I have some friends that have done it. I was like, you spent $130 on a couple Frisbees. 
They're like they're not frisbees, they're flying discs. And frisbee but went through the whole spiel of frisbees were made by the Hasbro company and this one isn't by Hasbro, so it's not a frisbee. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> like I'll but, be I'll you know, be I, I I can't judge on on stuff like that because how I look at disc golf—that's how people look about RC racing. Do people who do it do they fit a kind of certain demographic? They live in this part of the country, mainly men, mainly women, mainly this age. Primarily, you're going to see mostly, uh, mostly men. Um, but there's no age. Uh, I mean, we have uh, a good friend of mine, Katie Carmody. She runs the. Uh, the race like a girl program um and her whole focus with this race like a girl event is to go around and, and find the the girls and the women that are that are racing racing competitively i mean there's a uh, a girl in her early teens that is way faster than like i can't beat her um and then you know katie is is our speeds if i'm on it our speeds are very competitive with each other uh you know, you have girls, right? Like my daughter's four years old and loves coming to the track. She can drive a car. I just don't let her race one yet because I don't want to pay a lot of money to fix it. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got kids as young as four, five, six years old racing, boys and girls. And then you have, uh, I mean, there's guys that are still racing and they're in their 80s. Like when, when you talk about this, you think, okay, it's childish men playing with toy cars um, when people think about it. And then they show up to a race, and, I mean, everyone, it's its so, we're a very inclusive bunch of people. And it doesn't matter what part of the country you're in, um, what part of the world. I mean, we, we just had a world championships in South Africa. Um, we've had world championships in China. Where we have... One coming up in Brazil, America, the UK. There's no one set demographic. Now, when you do like a race, is it just one continuous thing, or do you have to do pit stops and that kind of stuff? Um, so we have electric and we have nitro classes, and it all depends on on distance. So most people can get seven to seven and a half minutes on a on a tank of fuel in a, in a nitro class. Some people can push it. I mean, I've seen people get 12 minutes on a single tank of fuel. If you had seen any of like my uh, videos on TikTok or anything like that, it's all uh, a lot of the, my more popular videos are people hitting RC cars. Yeah, I saw some of those. Like, what are they doing? It looks like they're injecting. I, I guess, what are they doing? So our fuel tanks are 125 cc's. So you're not going to see somebody with a giant gas can coming up. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have uh, like fuel bottles. Um, it's a bottle with a metal spout. And some people use that, but most of us have gone to fuel guns that companies have actually put thousands of dollars of R&D into to figure out the best way to get it to work. Um, and we fill it up. We have a measurement on fuel. So we'll fill up the fuel gun. We open the tank and all it is is a pull. And the tank is exposed, so we'll pull the tank open, step, uh, put it down, pull the trigger on it. Fuel will drop out into the tank, and then uh, while they're doing that, the driver's up on the driver's stand, keeping it running. They're keeping the revs up, 
and then as soon as we drop the tank, we let them clear it out for a second, and then we throw them down. Uh, so it looks intense, right? Like it. It's much. When I first saw some of those videos, I was like, "God, oh, it's RC racing!" Like I was expecting like a bunch of people in lawn chairs. Like, no, that looks <laughs> like people aren't like nobody's messing around. Yeah, I mean, we we have a whole driver stand uh, to stand above and be able to see the entire track. Uh, you know, our driver stand is a connex with a special wooden building on top of it. There's, yeah, it's I. I'm with you. A lot of people think, you know, they're going to think of people in the backyard playing around and then they come out to a race and they're like, I didn't think that any of this was, was what it was. I mean, most people show up to the track if we're not there and they think it's a BMX track. They just think it's a small BMX track because uh, that's all they can wrap their heads around. And then they come out and see us racing and they're like, oh, this is what y'all do. That's what I assumed is that it was just like a converted BMX track. No, that there it's a purpose built track that's specifically made for RC racing. How much does it cost to build a track? We did the rough estimate uh, a couple months ago on how many loads of dirt we have cuz you don't just like dig up the dirt around Right, and build you got to get it shipped in. Yeah. But, so we use where we are, we use South Carolina red clay uh, because it packs in really well. It grooves up. You can lay rubber down. So constantly running around the track will lay rubber over the surface and bring traction up. Uh, so we have roughly somewhere between 60 and 80 truckloads of dirt. Uh, Damn. And, and you're talking anywhere between... 250 to 500 dollars a load i can't do that math call it 100 grand right yeah at least um are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions let's go for it what would you say is the best track in the country even though i'm biased and i would love to say you know my personal home track uh when you're talking about best track in the country you're probably going to have to go out to California. Um, and there's two that come to mind. It's Thunder Alley Raceway and uh, in Palm Desert, I believe. And then the Dirt, which is in uh, Paris, California. There's two of the biggest races in the world, not counting the World Championship. One is the Dirt Nitro Challenge in California. And the other one is Psycho Nitro Blast in uh Tennessee, I'm trying to remember. White Pine, Tennessee. Fastest RC car. I think the current speed record is held by the Arma. Ar Arma makes it. They're a bashing company, so they make cars that are specifically just to uh, you buy and you take to your backyard. You take to a field somewhere and just go fast, hit jumps, stuff like that. They don't make race. You could race their cars, but that's not what their cars are made for. Um, they have one, and people have taken it. Uh, and I've seen like GPS speeds of over 200 miles an hour. With an RC car? Yeah, over 200 miles an hour. These are guys that messed with weight, gearing, uh, bigger motors. I think one of them actually had dual. They put dual... 
uh, electric motors in it, and uh, yeah, there it was over 200 miles an hour, somewhere around like 212. I feel like you should need some kind of like license or training <laughs> to, to, to take anything or, that fast. You right? know, a concrete wall, like yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, that could be a little bit dangerous, <laughs> right? I mean, anything going 200 miles an hour is generally like you got to be kind of careful with that. So then what part of the car would you say is the most important? Is it the obvious one of the engine or would you say like, no, this is really the most important part of the car? The servo uh, is what steers the car. I think it uh, has a lot more importance than what people think. Because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it turns my wheels, which is what it's supposed to do. So I'm good. Be like, yeah, but this one is going to turn my wheels faster it's going to be more responsive to my remote it's going to do what i want to do when i wanted to do it there's no lag uh there's no fade in a longer run um so i, I would say that the servo has more has a lot of a lot more importance than what new some newer drivers think but i mean it's between your motor your speed control uh servo remote receiver that's an important thing as well your battery, which battery you're running, uh, different batteries put out different amounts of power. So, um, who's kind of the Michael Jordan, LeBron James of it? Who would you say is like, oh, that's the best? Masami Hirosaka is a Japanese driver who I can't remember the exact era, but I think it was in, it was like right when they started actually having like a world's ranking system. Um, and a world championship race, he dominated for years in everything from off-road racing to on-road racing. I don't know if he did oval, but he did a lot of on-road and, and off-road racing. Um, and I, th I think he won everything that there was to win at that time. Why was and then why... in the U.S. Uh, yeah, Bill France, Adam Drake, probably Adam Drake is one of the ones most people are gonna. No best at between Adam Drake and Brian Lutz. So the the Japanese competitor, what? Why were they so good? They just that were... that, that was before my time. He's st he's still alive. He's still around. Um, but uh, and he still goes great. It just I don't know if he races anymore. I think he just kind of shows up for support. He's a uh, he's one of the big developers for uh, the car company Kyosho. Um, but I don't know what made him tick. I think, uh, I mean, he was a smart guy. I mean, he works for the development of a, an actual car company. Like he builds and designs their, the improvements that they put on their cars. So, I mean, he, he had to have been a really smart guy and have been able to work out the, the mechanical engineering aspect of these cars and figure out what makes them tick and what makes them better. So. Just knew how to do it, right? Um, just had the knowledge. Now, do people cheat? Is there cheating? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's... To be cheating, I mean, it's... You see it more in oval and on-road than you do with off-road racing. Because with off-road racing, there's not really a lot of rules. I mean, we have a mod class. Which means, hey, as long as it's a 10-scale two-wheel drive buggy run it you can run whatever motor you want whatever battery tires it doesn't matter you can 
you can run it. Whereas the stock class, it's like, okay, it's got to be a 17.5 turn motor, but it can be any of them. Like, the rules in off-road are, are so lax. Um, the people who are caught cheating, it's not even cheating. It's just not conforming to the rules. Um, a lot of times, their battery might be teched at slightly above voltage. The IR rating might be a little bit off. Um, their motor, although it's not even the fastest motor that's there, is not on the approved list, so it's not allowed to be run. Like, it's little things like that. I don't go to those races where I have to, like, my car gets disassembled to be making sure it's under the, the uh, it's following the rules. I don't, I don't go to those races because it's not fun to me. But you see a lot more of the, the rules with on-road and oval racing because it's a lot more specific about it has to be this motor. You have to run this tire. Uh, your weight, like, I mean, we have a minimum weight for on-road racing. Your car has to meet this weight requirement. Um, so if you're below that weight requirement, you don't get to race because you have to go back, put weights on your car, reweigh. Um, so you do see cheating, but even then, it's you you do have some people that blatantly cheat. But then a lot of times, the people that quote unquote aren't conforming to the rules are guys that are pushing the envelope, trying to get their car, you know, their motor as close to that resistance levels they're allowed to have it, and then it just goes a tick over. People are trying to get their batteries as close to that, you know, 8.44 rating, and it goes 8.45. Um, so, you know, it's it's very marginal, and nobody's trying to break the rules. They're trying to conform to the rules to the max extent. Yeah, So I get that, right? Like, you want to push it. There's a line, and people push it right up to the line, and then sometimes they go over it. I've seen it with oval racing where the way people do tech, um, you know, it's like you have to run this battery, you have to run this motor, uh, but they only check that before the race weekend and at the end of the A main. So people would put, they would get a legal motor tech, but then they wouldn't run a legal motor all through qualifying because they weren't checking. Um, so they would run an illegal motor to get into the A main, and then before the A main, they would swap back to a legal motor, so that if they went when they went to tech after the main, that if they won, they could pass. So they were running illegal cars to get into the A main, and then making them legal once they were in the A main. But I had told a buddy of mine what they were doing. He's like, "No, I, I don't believe that they're doing that." I was like, "Watch the lap times in the main." I was like, "If, if they're running." you know, five sixes in, in qualifiers, what they might break, they might get to like six twos in the main. Yeah, like that sounds kind of blatant, right? I mean, and and, and it happens. And when it's happening, everyone, knows. like it's not a secret. Is This is the last one we got. Is there trash talk? Oh, all the time. But it's, uh, most of the time, it's just friendly banter between uh, between friends. That's pretty much all the questions I got, man. Anything you think that we missed or anything like that? Um, nothing that I can think of. Uh, if um, if anybody wants information on, you know, helping find their local racing racetrack, uh, either I know somebody, I either have the answer or I know somebody that does, and uh, 
you know they can reach out to me on uh on instagram i don't know if they can message me on tiktok i haven't looked um but it's uh it's joker snyder racing it's on instagram uh, and on tiktok i can be reached uh if anybody has any questions shoot me a message and uh, i can do the best that i can to to try to find find some information if somebody's interested in getting into it I want to thank Austin so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media sites. We're Profoundly Pointless on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And we've also included his information in the episode description. Okay, now let's bring in John Schull and get to the pointless part of the show. How do you generally scroll through things like Netflix? Are you a slow scroller? You go through quickly? I don't. Because I have done this. I've literally have wasted like free time just scrolling, going, yeah, th- this looks good. I might watch this. Uh, let's see if there's something else. Next thing I know, it's an hour in and it's time for me to, you know, stop doing what I wanted to do. Uh, so now I learned from that. Uh, but like, I just couldn't make up my mind while watching stuff. So now I have a direct line. I know what I'm doing. There's no effing around. But how did you get to that direct line, though? Because I spend way too much time scrolling. I mean, for instance, like uh, like HBO Max, right? They just came out with The Last of Us. Like, I know when I go to HBO Max, I'm going to probably the new releases, and I'm watching it. I'm not, I'm not veering. I'm not seeing what else some of the actors might have been in that might be on HBO Max. I just go straight to the episode. I watch it. I get out of the app, and I call it a day or a night. So I'm a very fast scroller. Like I can tell instantly. I I would say that it takes me between one to two seconds at the most to decide whether or not I'm going to watch something. And I'm driven insane if somebody is a slow scroller where they're like clicking. (laughs) It's like five to 10 seconds. When you're evaluating, are you going one to two? You going five to 10? Like how long does it take you? And how do you feel about people who do the opposite of what you do? So I, I'm a fast scroller, and I'm actually a clicker too, um, if that's a term. Where I will, it's more so on a computer, but I'll just click on something and not know like where it's going to take me. I'll just click on it before I know. Uh, my wife, however, is a, you know, she gets on something, has to read the, you know, the synopsis, has to look at the actors and actresses, oh. maybe watch a trailer if the trailer's on there, and then she'll do that for God knows how long. I'm, I get pretty enraged if somebody's a slow scroller. Like, it doesn't look good. You can see it doesn't look good. Why do we need to read the credits? You know, this this begs another question that I had that I'm sure you'll have the answer for. And that is, are streaming services becoming kind of out of hand with their prices? I mean, I think it's like 15 bucks for basic Netflix now. My issue with it is that everything is basically the same, Right. Like, oh, it's a murder mystery set in 1990. This one's a murder mystery sent in 1995. This one's set in 1985. I want more new, different stuff. I would rather watch a shitty, different program than a good, similar program. I I, I also have cable, by the way. So I play for cable. So then I have like a $35 cable package. I mean, honestly, like what, what is... You know, I, I don't want to sound privileged here, but like, what's 
if you're already paying $60, $70 for internet, what's a third, $30 more to have a basic cable package? The thing is, is that I always look at things in terms of a year, right? It's $30 a month. That doesn't sound like very much, but that's 360 bucks a year. It's a lot of money. Always look at things in the year price, John. I like that you and I share the same philosophy about scrolling through TV shows. Have you ever gotten mad at somebody about them taking too long to scroll through? Mad, no, but you know, I, I I'm a jabber, so like I'll say a comment or I'll piss off my wife to where either she'll tell me to f off or she'll give me the remote and leave the room. I will say that's just kind of as a as a sidebar. I am more of a terrible side seat driver than I am a you know get mad at somebody who's scrolling too slow. Yeah, I could see you kind of passive aggressively picking at people. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I don't know why my wife stays with me other than my good thing you edited that part out. Then you're what? Oh, you didn't say anything. Exactly. I did say it. You edited it out. How do you feel that right now that you look like Biff from Back to the Future? I mean, I, I'll take the compliment because I feel like I'm like Fat Bastard from uh, Goldfinger right now. So I'll take Biff. My hair, I didn't I didn't put product in my hair when I got home from work. Don't today, so. say product. Okay? <laughs> what do you want? Call it hair gel like everybody else. It's fine if people say product. That's fine. It's not fine for you to say it, right? Because you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about saying product. You mean hair gel? It's America. <laughs> I like my hair. I've always liked my hair. I mean, you got a solid mop too. So yeah, we we have good hair for men our age. <laughs> Nothing else, but we have good no. hair for men that our age. Okay, all right. Let's let's go. Let's go shout. Are you ready for some shout outs? Outs. Outs. What's it? Twenty twenty three now. How long we've been doing this podcast for? Ooh, Five yeah. years now. Almost four and a half. Four and a half years. We're coming up on our two hundred fiftieth episode. We're gonna do something for our two hundred fiftieth episode. I don't know what, Ooh. but we're gonna, we're gonna do, do it naked. No. Why would we want to do it? Oh, and why would right. it matter? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Have uh, you ever Kobe done? A, but have you done a Zoom meeting? What's the least amount of clothing you've had on in a Zoom meeting? Uh, I mean, camera off or on. It's probably been in just a shirt and underwear. Not like pajamas. I mean, underwear. Yeah, but boxer briefs. Hmm. What time of day was it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I mean, it was 9.45, 10 a.m. That's a little bit late to be doing them in boxers or underwear, <laughs> right? My cutoff for having, I, I'm a firm believer that you need to have pajamas off by 8 a.m. Within an hour of waking up, you need to have your pajamas off. Otherwise, you're making a lifestyle choice for that day. Do you also take a shower and just air dry once a year? No, I've never actually air dried. I've never had a shower beer either, and people say it's fantastic. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you need to change that today. It just doesn't, I don't want to, doesn't you just get water in it? That doesn't just sound pleasant to me. No, man. You have a ledge in your shower, right? Right, but I don't enjoy being hot and doing anything. I don't enjoy being warm and doing anything. Whatever it is. If I'm hot, I generally don't like what I'm doing. I guess I don't understand. Why Why would you be hot drinking a shower beer? Because the water's hot. It's steamy in there. I don't want it to be hot. <laughs> you don't have to take a steam shower for every shower you take. I'm not going to take a cold shower and drink okay. a... 
right? How is that this, relaxing? This is going, this is going nowhere. Uh, let's give some shout-outs to the people that matter and not listen to you complain about a shower beer. Uh, all right. Uh, Abraham Lovegrove. Awesome name. Uh, Cole Logan. Matt Patricius. Mick Messer. A little bit of alliteration <coughs> going on there. Uh, Pedro Racha. Colby Tricell. Austin Snyder. Uh, Murphy Andrews. And it's uh, M-U-R-F-F-I-E for Murphy. Uh, Frank Dukes and Michael Perez. Have you, ever, you. have you ever known somebody with a famous name, but they weren't famous? Like the first person that you gave a shout out to, I thought you were going to say Abraham Lincoln. Like, have you ever known somebody <laughs> that was named famous name, but was not actually famous? I mean, relative, like I've known a Dean Smith I've known a Michael Oliver, but people like that. No, nothing, no one's super famous like a Kanye West or a John Denver. I actually don't know anybody who's kind of famous either. I mean, didn't we party with Charles Barkley one time? We did party with Charles Barkley one time. And I got a burrito with Bo Outlaw. And that's the only part of that story that I'm going to tell. <laughs> Bo Outlaw and I got a burrito. For people who don't know, Bo Outlaw was a famous basketball player for the Orlando Magic back in the day. You should, was, you should bring him on the show. He doesn't know, remember it at all. Think of that for famous people and all, like really famous people, and all the things that they have done with somebody that they don't remember at all, but the other person remembers very well. I mean, for most of those celebrities that are at that level, I think you don't remember any of it because it's just become so everyday that... Oh, here's a picture. Here's, you know, three shots of tequila. Like, you know, they're not they're not putting names with faces. I'm always fascinated by the number of people that are like in the background of other people's photos, right? Like, here's our picture <laughs> at the Grand Canyon and then there's some guy just in the background there that would never know that you're in somebody's cherished family photo and they see you all the time. I'm fascinated by the people in background pictures. Well, what what is that one guy, the sports guy, the Miami Marlins man or whatever that shows up to behind the plate to like really high profile baseball games and he just sits there in a Marlins jersey and baseball cap and you can't miss him? No, I've never heard of him. Oh, well. Because like most of the rest of Marlins guy. Because no one watches baseball or cares about baseball. This is baseball. Oh, it's baseball? You might as well be talking about rec league handball to me. I don't know why I thought of this, but this is a question I had for you. Diet soda versus regular soda. Are you the kind of person that would rather have a regular soda, but you have a diet because you think it's better for you? Or do you actually like the taste of diet soda better than regular soda? I can't tell the difference. As a person without a sense of smell, I can't really tell the difference between regular soda and diet soda. Can't tell at all. But you drink, but you drink diet Dr Pepper, right? Yeah, but if I can't tell the difference between diet Dr Pepper and regular Dr Pepper because I don't have a sense of smell and therefore have a very reduced sense of taste, what's the point of me drinking regular Dr Pepper? This has really backfired on me, I guess. It has. Right. Guess I didn't really didn't really understand the whole uh, that yeah. you were going to go there. <laughs> right. You forgot about that. You gotta you gotta I, consider all the factors in your questions. And I mean, you didn't. But when you when you drink it, right? When it hits your taste buds, can't you taste it? 
No, tastes the same. Jeez. I couldn't tell. Okay, well, couldn't tell I, you the difference. That's why I generally drink ridiculous flavored sodas, right? Like the last soda that I had is a diet wild cherry Pepsi, which to other people Ooh, probably tastes like a massive amount of just chemicals. But to me, it, I can taste it. All right. So second question, pr- pretty simple here. Uh, this is one of our uh, to talk about questions or, or topics, but uh, it didn't get picked. So I'm going to ask you it anyways. Uh, the Super Bowl this Sunday. What are you doing? And who's going to win? To get, give us your Nick Vinzant line of the game. Who's going to win the Super Bowl 57? Um, I generally have no idea. I'm going to go. I'm rooting for the Eagles. I would rather see the Eagles win. And I don't. I always want to care about big sporting events. But at the end of it, I'm just going to be like, okay. The older I get, actually, the less I care. My life's dream is just to not do shit. <laughs> Well, you're on your way, right? A couple more years to retirement. A couple more. I'm getting close. You know, right? Got to get that AARP card. I think that, that <laughs> if you were to poll most men, their dream would be, you know what I want to do? Nothing. Shit. I want to do shit. nothing. What percentage of men would you say? And John and I can only speak for men because, well, we are technically men. What percentage of men would you say they just don't want to do shit? They still want to have to do anything. I'm going to say at least 45%. I could go as high as 60 to 70, though. Like, if you were to ask a man what his dream is for that day, I would almost say that 60 to 70% of men would say, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. (laughs) I don't disagree with you, I suppose. Okay. See, you don't even want to disagree. You just don't want to do I, shit. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do shit. So let's see. Um, so put four choices up for us to talk about. And of course, the one that I was like, oh man, no one's going to vote for that. That's what won. So I don't really know how to phrase this. So um, I guess here we go. Uh, so the choices were uh, the Grammys, which aired yesterday. We record this on a Monday, obviously. So uh, uh that could have been fun because I have no idea who anyone fucking is. I, Ozzy Osbourne won one. Uh, Bonnie Raitt won Song of the Year. I thought she was popular like in the 70s. I've never understood the fascination with award shows. I've never understood why anybody cared about it. I would The only one that I can slightly see is the Oscars just to see who won. Like I'm a little bit interested in like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll check that out. That might be a good movie. But I could care less about any award shows. I've never understood. Yeah. I used to like them a lot, like the ESPYs for sports, the, you know, the Emmys, but now, now, now I don't really care. No, I don't even watch them. I didn't even know the Grammys were on last night, except for the fact that I worked in the news industry. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we talked about the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> Tom Brady retiring again, and then apparently, uh, Somebody went to the spot on the beach where he made his video and they uh, gathered some sand where he may have been sa- uh, standing and is now on eBay for thousands of dollars because people are fucking ridiculous. Man, somebody's going to buy that, though. Uh, and then what one was the, uh, the the earthquake that happened this morning in Turkey uh, where there's been about 4,000 people that have, have died. Crap. Um. 
And so, so I, I guess I'll ask this. So that that's terrible, obviously. I, but have you ever been through a uh, like a major um, weather event, whether it be a snowstorm or a tornado or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I lived in Kansas, so I've been through a whole bunch of tornadoes. Been through a couple of hurricanes. Been through a few floods. I mean, I'm a former news reporter, right? So I've been through a lot of shit. Been through an earthquake, but not one that I actually knew about. But I will tell you this. I'm terrified of earthquakes, and I live in Seattle, which apparently is going to be the next time that Seattle has like this big mega earthquake. Like Everybody knows about the one in California, but it's called the Cascadia Subduction Zone. And like this earthquake Ooh. is going to happen, and it's going to be like a nine, and it's basically going to destroy everything where I live. We actually have earthquake pits. Like it's one of those things like, oh, shit. Wow. That's a big fucking deal. I have so many questions about what you just said. So I'll only ask two of them. Uh, one is, so you said you've been through a lot of tornadoes. Are there? Are they like the movies? Do you see them coming over the horizon and then just go into your shelter with your mom and dad and pray for cover? No, for I mean, you hear the, uh, so you, like, you can kind of tell like, oh, that looks like a storm is coming. But then the, if the sirens go off, then as you get older, you just look for the sirens. Because they have tornado sirens and they test them like uh, once a month, I think on a Monday at like yeah. noon or something like that. But then you go in your basement and hope it doesn't hit you. That's not traumatic. Uh, and then the second question is, I've actually been through a, a small earthquake here in the Detroit area, either it's like a, a late two or like early three. I can't even imagine what going through an almost an 8.0 uh, earthquake like the one that hit Turkey this morning. Uh, is like, I mean, you know, cause you felt like the, the very small one I went through, I just remember like feeling kind of the vibration, a couple of things might've shifted and then it was gone. I can't imagine it being prolonged and so vicious. I just, whew, scary stuff, man. The one that's supposed to hit in the Seattle area is supposed to be like a nine or something like that. And they said that it would be the most destructive natural disaster ever. Great, because we haven't had any of those recently. Hey, it's going to be almost 55 degrees in Michigan tomorrow. So, Man, this is a whole That's thing. Normal. But whenever, <laughs> however smart we are, Mother Nature is going to pound us into the fucking ground if it wants to. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for our top five? I am. Let's. Uh, I forgot what we're talking about, but let's do it. Uh, so our top five is top five worst things to lose. Like, man, if you lose one of these things, it's going to be a pain in the ass. What's your number five? Uh, An animal, specifically a dog. Mm. This is from experience, and I've I've had this happen at least three times with my current dog, who is a 100-pound Great Pyrenees. And, uh, you know, one time, I mean, your heart just sinks. And uh, I remember one time I let him out, and I was like, did I shut the gate? So I sat back down. I'm like, I should check the gate. And the motherfucker was gone. And it took me three hours to get him. Uh, My dog has escaped a couple of times, but she's 13 now. Actually, 14. So her escaping basically consists of walking two feet out of the fence, realizing that she's 14 (laughs) years old, and walking back into the house. Uh, My number five is a password. Specifically, work password. Because you're going to have to get IT involved. (laughs) <laughs> whole goddamn thing that you got to go through to reset your password and you got to figure out what the 
15 letters and you can't use the other password. It's just too similar to your last password. It's, it, it's funny that you have that on there. That's actually my number four is, is passwords, but like like other passwords, not necessarily my work password. That's probably the only one I've always remembered. Like email passwords are the fucking pain in the ass. Those are what piss me off. Oh, I have no idea what probably... I want to say that I have no idea what 90% of my passwords even are. They're just saved somewhere. I couldn't even like figure it out if I needed to. Like Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi passwords? Like I'm still not entirely sure that I know my own in my own house. Probably not. You should try to disconnect. You should test yourself. My number four is a lottery ticket. You don't want to lose a lottery ticket. I get that it probably doesn't happen, but the thing is is that then you have to wonder if there's – could you have won? And you're just left. I think that's the thing is I wonder, are there any, uh, do you know of any famous stories where somebody claims to have lost a ticket and then the numbers hit and they're like, man, that probably was my ticket, but it's long gone now. I'm sure that's probably happened to somebody. I'd be, God, what if you you had a picture of it though? What if you took a picture of a winning lottery ticket? You knew it was the winning numbers. But you lost the actual ticket. I wonder if a ticket would work. I'm sure. Well, the picture probably, but you know, but you know, I mean, that would, that would have just been a last decade or so thing uh, where people. And I don't. Hmm. Maybe we just gave people the advice to making them rich, Nick. Maybe make sure take you a take a photo. I'm sure yeah. that the lottery has this worked out that you have to present the physical ticket because you could edit the picture. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. Okay, what's your number three? Uh, one of my children. I mean, I don't know why you're trying to make this so sad. No, it's. I mean, you're talking about losing things. I, I'm. I'm just Did when I was writing down my one list, of your children. It's. It's not like actual losing them, but it's you know you're you're somewhere maybe at a store, and they run off, and you do something real fast. You look back, they're not there, and your heart just goes into your your stomach, and you're like, oh my god, did someone just take my child? Is my child lighting the store on fire? What just happened? Am I a bad parent? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> where, where did you lose the child at? Uh, the last incident was last fall. We were at a... Um, the last incident. Like so there's pump. been multiple incidents. <laughs> this was the scariest, though, because we uh, she ran off at a pumpkin patch in uh, like the, uh, like a Cleveland suburb. And we didn't know anybody, obviously. We didn't know anything. We didn't know the where we were. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, obviously, had just run across the road because the, a road split both sides of the of the uh, the pumpkin patch or whatever. She had ran. She had run from one side to the other where the playground was, and didn't tell us. And uh, that, yeah, if you've ever lost a child, unfortunately, you know, I, if if anyone's ever actually like had their child go missing. I can't. I can't even imagine. I would go nuts. I think, especially if like it was my watch and they got lost. Oof. Ooh, was it more your fault or was it more your wife's fault when the child got lost? Uh, I mean, you could say both, probably. So. Okay. Okay. I feel like you should yeah. watch your kids a little bit more. You should pay a little <laughs> bit more attention, uh, right? Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good feeling. I can tell you that. But I I do think parents can can uh, if you're listening and you're a parent or a soon to be parent, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you are a parent that's had this happen, it sucks. It's a terrible yeah. feeling. 
I mean, it can happen, right? And it can happen pretty quickly. It's surprising. It's actually, like I said before, it's amazing that we have survived as a species. My number three is car keys. Okay, man. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try. Okay. I had them on my list, but I'm, I'm going to interchange them with something else. I don't want to have the same thing on, on, on my list that you do. Okay. That, that so number two. All right. So that was going to be my number two, but instead I, re- I will replace uh, car keys with like a, uh, like a debit card, credit card type of thing. Mm, I thought about that, but I don't actually think that that's that big of a deal anymore. Right. Yeah, it isn't. I don't think it is anymore, but it's still um, like if like when I lose my ID or if I forget something like that, it's uh, it's just terrible. It just bothers me till I can get it back. Yeah, but it's not actually that big of a deal to lose it. Uh, My number two is phone. See, I, I probably feel the same way that you do. Like when when I said like credit cards and things about the phone, like there's so many trackers and stuff on my phone that unless someone turns it off and throws it into the river. I'm probably going to be able to find it. Yeah, and even anything that's on it is generally like backed up into the cloud. Otherwise, I think that I think that phone would be the one thing that a lot of people would put at number one. But then once you start to think about it, it's like, oh, it's pipe. It's, like it's going to cost you some money, but it's not that big of a deal. It's a pain in the ass, but it's not the worst. Oh, it's a pain. What's yeah, your number one? Yes, uh, a, a remote, like a TV remote, that's because. Good. God, you know, it doesn't have to be a TV remote. It can be like a, I don't know, it can be a speaker remote. It can be, a, you know, a light remote. It's just, God damn it. If you have kids and they hide those fucking things and you have to rip apart the couch or look in the garbage, it's just, you know, we have too th- much time of my life. Two things. One, we have three remotes. One to turn on the TV, one to turn on the Roku thing, and then one to adjust the volume. So it's a huge process. Also, do you you realize you put remote above your children? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't have a good reason. Uh, I've only lost my children. Well, I didn't really lose my children. Like they were gone. Like the one was gone for maybe misplaced. a minute. Yes, I misplaced them. But I've lost remotes to where I still don't know they, where they are. And I'm like, unless somebody threw it away, there's it can't be in this house. Hmm. Okay. I I generally find the remote. There's usually a workaround for that. I'm not afraid to just stand up there and press the button. So, but remote, <laughs> I would put remote probably at like four or five. But I, I agree with remote. My number one is your driver's license. You lose a driver's license, man. That's the biggest pain in the ass. You got to go to the DMV. That alone. Like uh, losing your driver's license and replacing it is a one to two is a full one to two day ordeal to get it replaced. Yeah, at least. And that's, that's if you can get into the secretary of states, even though they make it pretty easy now, but that's if you can even get like an express appointment to get into the secretary of states to start the process. Yeah. It's a week. I would not, I would go so far as to say it's going to take you a week to get your driver's license. Got to go there. You got to have two forms of it. What two forms of it? How long's the line? Got to wait for the. My number one is driver's license. What's in your honorable mention? Uh, so you know, like I said, uh, I don't I don't really have a lot to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot more to add than my list that I just said. Okay, uh, I have a couple, a number actually. I have a glove. 
that's a pain in the ass. Can't just have got to get another pair of gloves if you lose one glove. Gym card because you're gonna have to talk to somebody. Rewards card you're gonna lose those rewards, especially if it's like a punch thing. Social yeah, security card. Yeah, I don't even know where mine is to be honest. Do you, Do you know, know where yours is? I have no idea. But it should be saved somewhere. Birth certificate. I've lost a birth certificate before. That's going to take you about two to three months to get another one. Because <laughs> they got to go way back for us, right? Like, you we're go not way just digital. Back. You got to like, it's so hard to prove your birth certificate. You have to have like three forms of ID. You got to like send an actual letter to somebody. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the things that you just don't want to lose. I find it fascinating that John put the remote ahead of his children.